Prime Tov, we continue learning the same for Sha'ar and Batvila. We've come, we've started the expression of prayer called Nipul, Nun Yud Pei Vav Lamed, which literally means to fall. And it means that we have to be very humble to Hashem and to understand that Hashem is the one who can solve all the problems and we are in great danger and uh, and that really we say is is the core of what everything about tefillah is and that requires a lot of humility because Hashem does not like people who are arrogant and he's saying that uh, the whole point of tefillah is getting close to Hashem so how does an arrogant person get close to Hashem so around the last section in Nepal over here, on my book, it's in page Kuf, and uh, we now are more than halfway through the Sefer. Section Dalit. And he says, what is the worst aspect of arrogance? If you'd have to say, what's in what aspect of life is being an arrogant person really bad? So many would say, well, you don't get along with people if you're arrogant put people down, other people don't like being around you. That's true. But the biggest problem with arrogance is we're in regard to your relationship with Hashem. Hashem says in Morisota that me and the arrogant person cannot live in the world together. Because this guy is, so to speak, pushing away as it were. The Shechina. What does that mean? Well, we've said the whole purpose of creation is that we should reveal the essence of Hashem that ain't owed Mavaru. There's nothing else but Hashem. And that's the whole goal of the world from the end. So an arrogant person who feels that he himself has independent existence and he thinks I'm a somebody not dependent on Hashem. So he's doing the opposite of this concept of the unity of Hashem. Because with the power of unity... We know there's none else but Hashem. And that you think you're not anybody. You're all come from Hashem. And a guy says, listen, I'm Mr. Balgaiva. I'm here. Well, then I guess there's something else besides Hashem. And Hashem is saying, me and you cannot be in the same world. The whole world has to acknowledge that they come from me. Where are you being arrogant from? What are you arrogant from? What did you do? That you don't have from that it's come from me. And certainly more this applies during prayer because the whole idea of prayer is to recognize that everything in the world that you need or want totally is in the hands of Hashem and without Hashem's desire it would not exist. And if you asking from Hashem for a little bit more blessing in your life and you preface that by praising Hashem and how you're saying that everything comes from Hashem that's good. You say, Hashem, I can do nothing on my own. It's all from you, and I know it's all from you, and I'm depending on you. That's great. But if you're Mr. Balgaiva, that's a contradiction to what prayer's all about. What are you praying God for? Who needs it? From your perspective. So therefore, the essence of the power of prayer is measured by how much humility you have. And that is the primary virtue of prayer when we're in trouble. 
where the rabbi spoke so much about its virtues, where you forget about your arrogance and you render yourself low when you see you're not able to help yourself. Okay. And from that power of humility and lowering yourself before Hashem, uh, whether it's in Saras, or, or whether it's, that—that uh, that is really the shape of a beautiful prayer. Now we come to the practical that you asked yesterday. This is so important. Guess what? When we start the Amida, the first thing we do, the first word of the Amida, what do we do? We bend the knees, Baruch, and bend over, Atah. Why do we do that? That's to show, demonstrate our humility before Hashem. And to think about how small you are before Hashem. And listen to an interesting halach. It's not practiced nowadays, as you'll see why in a minute, but it is halach in the Gemara. Okay, how often and how much do we bend ourselves over in the Amidah? Gomorrah and Bracha says, a normal person like me and you, we bend over twice in the first Bracha, and we bend over twice by the Bracha of Modim. If someone is a Kohen Gadol, he bends over at the beginning of every Bracha. And if he's a king, he bends over and does not make himself erect through the entire Amida. As we see in the book of Malachim, which says when Shlomo finished his prayers, he got up from away from the Nisbeach and he finally straightened himself out. He was not bent over anymore. So what do you see? The greater position a person has in life, the more he has to make himself look lower. Because I'm a coin godel. Whoa, I'm amazing. Oh, I, I have the ability to be more arrogant than the regular guy. So I have to do an action that's more sublimating before you. If you're the king, the entire time. And this is the practical application every day, all the time, that if somebody knows he has virtues, you know you're really smart in Torah, you're really good in Yerushalayim, you're a very wise person, a very rich person. He has to add time to reflect on being humble because I've got more of an inclination to want to be arrogant because I have something so positive about me. So if there's something you're uniquely talented in, you got to spend time, not, not just during the Amida, but spend time meditating and saying, is this me or is this Hashem? Or better yet, when you are bowing down, you're actually bowing down. You have to think how you are rendering yourself nullified before Hashem. Think about why you're bending over. And, but instead, we just kind of do it robotically. Just bend over. You're not thinking about what you're doing when you're bending over. But think about what does that really mean to reflect and to feel. Okay. 
And just like anything else, you can't really get there if you don't practice in that. So we have to work on our humility. So this is the practical of this. That's also why when we finish the Amida, what do we do after we finish the Amida? We fall on our faces. Right? We go down like this. Why? Because I'm so unworthy. And then when we get up and stand up, we say, We don't know what to do. We've tried everything, Hashem. We've prayed in every way possible, standing, sitting, bent over. Any of these movements is meant to inspire the proper mode of prayer. And therefore, no matter what you a type of prayer can do, even if it's praise, whatever, as we'll see as we'll continue, it all has to be from a sense of humility. And that's what the Nepal accomplishes. Okay. We now move on. Any questions? Good? We're good? Okay. Next expression of prayer is called Pilul. Pei, Yud, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. It says in Tehillim, Vayamod Pinchas and Pinchas stood up, Vayepalel. He prayed. Or it says in the Sefer Tvarim, Ve'espalel el Hashem, and I was palel el Hashem. English will translate as pray. We already got 13 words for prayer. But what core, pilul, is really pay lamed lamed? What is the, what's that the root of? Lehit palel, which means to pray. Tefillah is prayer. But the root is palel. Pei Lamed Lamed, or Pilul. So this is the most obvious expression of the whole topic of the book. You know, a prayer, prayer, prayer. Okay, we've used so many different words. Beats or Shava, Rina, Pegia, Kriya, Nipul. But ultimately, it's all part of Tmila. Okay, and that's how we always understand it. And now there's two explanations for this word tefillah, which is really pilul. One is an expression of judgment. As the Pasuk says, it'll be put into judgment to judges. And the Medrash says that tefillah comes from the word pilul, where it says, Pinchas stood up, vayepalel which obviously it means pray, but it also means he made a judgment. Okay? He made a judgment. And then he decided he has to kill those two people who were sitting. So the rabbis tell us that prayer is, the word tefillah, palel, is really dealing with judgment. We'll have to see what that means. Another expression, meaning of tefillah, is called hischabrus. Which is connection. <coughs> For example, it says when when <coughs> when Rachel names her child Naftali. Why is he called Naftali? She says Neftulei Elokim Niftalti Machosi. And Niftalti Rashi says I connected to be like my sister. So it means connection. And the truth is, both meanings are true to explain this word tefillah, 
when it takes, it's expressing all expressions and ways of tefillah. This is like such a global understanding of tefillah. Okay, so he's going to first explain it as an expression of ischabrus, connection, and then he's going to explain it as an expression of judgment. He's going to say what he means by that. Yeah? The body of the prayers, where does it come? The format of the praying, what are you praying? Like, I mean, the... Where the words? Words, yeah. Where did it come from? The way they fit in all these uh, 13 actions. Where do they fit? Well, we'll have to look at each one. Right? Nepal already said you're, you're, you're bowing down, you're sublimating yourself, you're saying, Hashem, you're the only one who can do it for me. That's that's what's in essence when you're saying those words. And now we're talking about trying to connect to Hashem. So a lot of it is just by doing this activity, this is happening. And someone there's praise, that's Rina. When your mom is crying out, beats her and Shabbat. So it depends exactly what there's, you know, some are more general and applies to every kind of prayer you have, and some are more specific. When you're rejoicing with Hashem, we're going to apply Reno. We're not going to apply uh, beats or. But when you're under a lot of stress and trouble, we're going to use those words. And what's your mindset when you're accomplishing it? But this word pilu, like it just applies all the time, every place. In other words, when I'm praying, I have to feel that I am connecting to Hashem. That's it. If I don't think I'm connecting to Hashem, you're missing such a central aspect. So many of these overlap. I'm crying out to Hashem, but are you feeling connected to Hashem? If you're not feeling connected to Hashem, but you're crying out, you may have one aspect of the field, but you don't have another. You're trying to get all the aspects when they're necessary. And some are effect, needed every prayer. We just said pilul is to fall, to feel that uh, humility. Every prayer, no matter what you're going to say, has to have humility. You have to sense that humility. So no matter what you're going to ask for, even to thank Hashem, you have to have a sense of humility. So now this idea of pilul is saying two things. We have to feel that we are connecting to Hashem while we are engaged in prayer, and we have to have a sense of judging. We have to explain what that means, which we'll get to shortly. So let's get to the expression of tefillah, which is connection. So we obviously don't have to ask why that is, because it's such an obvious thing. Because it means tveikos, it means clinging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Rambam says in the third section of Moran Avuchim, quote, I've explained to you that this is, that, um, that everything, uh, one second. He's saying, This idea that Hashem brings a flow of energy to us means He is bonding with us. We are When Hashem is giving us a flow of energy, there's a bonding that goes on. And it's our option if we want to strengthen that bond to do it. And if we want to weaken the bond, we can weaken it. Right? And a person can only strengthen his connection to Hashem when there is a continuation of using his fact of faculty of loving Hashem. And his thoughts are towards Hashem. And when you weaken it to something else, then it's, you're losing it. So let's say a person, he's studying Torah, and he's dominating, he's feeling close to Hashem. And then he goes and presses at a meal. 
His mind has been directed away from Hashem. If he's going to work because he wants to make a lot of money, he could be very much directed away from Hashem. In other words, there's a time, Hashem says, you want, you can be connected to me. I'm always available to be connected to you and you can be connected to me. So there's times where it's easier. Your mom is crying out to Hashem. Wow, you're paying advantage of connecting Hashem. But then, oh, I got to do other things. I got to go to a Maple Leaf game. Well, believe me, you're not connected to Hashem when you're in a Maple Leaf game. If you're eating, eating food, you could be connected to Hashem, but you can also go very far away from Hashem. So you got to know that that connection is what prayer is all about. And therefore, when we talk about Tveikas in action to Hashem, it's when a person concentrates and focuses his thoughts to Hashem. And therefore, every time we're going to say the word Tvila, it's a, a greater expression of the essence of prayer and the goal of it. That every part of prayer, the main idea is to reach a wondrous state of bonding with Hashem. Even though a person knows and recognizes there is an existence of Hashem, and that itself is a, is a level of connection. But the truth of the matter is, yes, even though I believe that's a sense of connection, but it's not a sense of connection that you actually feel. But when you stand before Hashem and you talk to Him face to face, as it were, and you're dialoguing with Him, then that situation is a true connection in Tveikus to Hashem. And that's what Tefillah is meant to be. And that's why he brings Lahalocha. We're talking about Halacha. Saying the Amida has been designated as, quote, standing before the king. We're going to dive in Mincha in a few minutes. The Halacha is that when we're diving Mincha, now, Allah says, you are standing before the king. And we have to take to heart how simple yet true is this reality. So he gives an interesting example. Let's say I blindfold you. I blindfold you. And you can't see anything. It's a really good blindfold. And I, I start, I, I, take, I take you into a car and I take you somewhere. <clears throat> I'm going to say, now we are in this place. A little bit later, now we're in another place. Now, do you have to feel emotionally you're in the other place for you to be in the other place? No. If you're in that place, you're in that place if you see it or not. Right? I take you in a car. I blindfold you. Okay, we're starting at the Westmont Show, and we're driving. You have no idea where we're going. I said, we're now at Bathurst and Steels. Well, I can't see it. Doesn't matter. You're at Bathurst and Steels, my friend. 50 minutes later, you're at Bathurst and Wilson. I don't see it. It's the same as last time. Doesn't matter. The fact is you are at Bathurst and Wilson now. There's nothing to discuss, even though you don't know that, but you are there. Matter of fact, I could take you to the United States. I could take you anywhere. Wherever you're taken, that's where you are. So if the rabbis have said lahalacha, you're going to dab mincha. That means when you start the amida, you are standing before the king. What did they mean when they said that? They didn't merely mean to say, oh, so now you should really feel it. You should really get excited because now you have to imagine you're in front of the king. 
No, you are in front of the king. It's not like, okay, pretend as if there's a king here and you're acting as if there's a king here. It's not as if. The rabbi said that when you start the Amidah, God is there. Okay. And not because you know or feel it, but just because that's the truth. That's where you are. I'm driving in the car, you're blindfolded. Do you feel you're at Batherson Steel's on Friday? But guess what? You're there. If you like it or not, if you understand it, you are there. The rabbis say when you're getting up and you start to eat it, God is there. The king is there. doesn't matter if you see him or not. It doesn't change the reality. So now, even if, let's say like this, let's say somebody is asking for something. And he may forget exactly where he is. Maybe he's speaking to himself. Maybe he's just saying things out loud. But you're in the Amida. So the king is listening to you and will have mercy on you. In other words, you're, you're, you're in a shul where all davening. And you're just, you know, thinking, you know, it would really be nice if I had this and that. Well, the king's hearing you. So now think about this. What if you want to make a huge burp? Like a really, you just, you know, like the kind you have, you have to have a bottle of club soda. A huge, in Yiddish you call it a grips. A big one. Right? In the middle of the Amida. Or you take a bunch of phlegm and spit on the floor. He can't say, you know, then what happens? If there be a king's um, uh, soldier, they chop your head off. And can't say, I didn't know the king was here. I don't care if you didn't know, it was in front of the king. That's why the law is very strict about this. The, the officers would be very upset at you. That's the reality. If you accept it or not, it's a reality. If you don't, don't, don't pray. Get out of here. Don't. But if you're praying, you're in front of God. When you're standing in the Amida, it's a reality. You've moved places. For example, right now I'm in this room. Wonderful. In 10 minutes, we're going to go into the show. We're going to start the Amida. If I like it or not, if I deny it or not, I am in front of Hashem. Finished. That's it. That's a reality. You've moved your spot. You're in front of Hashem. And forget, even if you don't feel anything, that is the reality. Now, that's hard because we don't see. If we saw Hashem, it would be a little bit easier, but it's not possible to see Hashem. The whole idea of feel is to connect to Hashem. It's, it's connection. So this dvekas that happens through prayer, really there's two aspects. Is One is that you're praying before Hashem. Right? When you're talking to Hashem, that will bring you to be close to Hashem. But that's any time. And just right now, I'm praying to Hashem. Okay, I can be close to Hashem with that. But the other way, if your mom is saying what the rabbis instituted as an Amida prayer, 
This is the main drakus, as the Shochanar said, you are in front of the king. Now think about this. Is this meant to scare you? No. You know what it's meant to be? To let you know what kind of awesome chesed and gift that Hashem has. <clears throat> Whether you feel it or not, the reality is the fact that the Torah says is in the day of prayer, and the Shochanar says that prayer is being in God's presence, you are in front of God's presence. Okay. Is that the same when you do a bracha to find out how it's approved or something? Not the same. How about when you do bed punishment? Not the same. You can create that with your feelings. You can create that. If you're having, my God, I'm talking to you. You need kavana for that. So I do have a pill last Well, that's not really. There's other reasons for that. Right now, I talk to Hashem. That's because I'm making an effort to talk to Hashem, and I'm going through that. But if you're doing an Amida, even if you're not thinking you're talking to Hashem, you are in Hashem's presence. And therefore, for example, if your friend is a big tzaddik and a holy man, and he is saying a long Sukkot and he has the deepest kavanas, and, and he sees himself as if he's standing before Hashem, the way he's supposed to feel this way. But me... Me, I'm just doing the Amida and my mind is wandering all over the place. I don't feel anything. In one way, I'm closer than the Tzaddik because I'm in the king's palace. It doesn't matter what you're thinking. You are there in the king's palace. And it would make a lot of sense that you would not think about it and want to be close to him at that point. And to feel this way, you have to have a Muna. The person has to believe that wherever you are is where you are. If you got the blindfold, you gotta trust the guy who's driving and say, I want you to know where we are now. I don't I don't believe you. You're lying. Oh no, that's you have to believe. Because that is the truth. That is what's happening over here. Same thing with Tvila. Maybe your senses don't grasp that you're in a different place. And you may have you know, questions on that. I don't, I don't, if, if God is everywhere, what do you tell me he's in the shul? You said God is everywhere, right? God is everywhere. So I'm always standing before Hashem. No, 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 no. When you're in the shul, davening the Amida, you are mamish in the king's palace. And that's where Amuna comes into this. That every word of the prophets is true. Even if we can't grasp it, it doesn't, it does not change that reality. And when the Chazal say, Tvar Hashem, and the words of Hashem, he says, Zu halacha, this is halacha. Halacha is like a great nebuah from Hashem. I'm telling you what the reality is. And the Shulchan Aruch says, there's a halacha. When you are saying the Amida, you are standing before the king. Halacha defines what reality is. And now comes a new point. Tefillah, by definition, is equal, so to speak, to the base of Eidosh. What does that mean? Can you, what if you spit on the Temple Mount? It's like you're spitting in God's eyes. So the same thing is with prayer. Same Allah. In the Temple Mount, even when you're not praying, you can't spit on the floor. 
because God is there. You're even if you're not planning on praying, but that's God's presence. God's presence during davening, and therefore this station of life that when you are in a tefillah of the Amida should bring over you a great awe, fear, trepidation, and joy and delight that you're standing with the ability to connect to Hashem's reality. And I don't need to get myself to have feelings out of nowhere. If you really feel, wow, I am so lucky. I'm mamish in God's presence. That's got to be a great pleasure. And that's what the Gemara says. When a person is in the midst of saying the Amida, your heart should be filled with joy that you're praying to a God that's nothing like that in the entire world. And if you don't sense it and how awesome it is, you have to believe with your intellect that it's so, that you are actually standing before Hashem. And this is really what the first explanation of Tvila is all about. To mamish understand that you are connecting, you are there. And that takes time to work. Remember, he said the Mesilashram says it's hard for us to believe that because our senses don't see anything. That's why we have to spend a little time settling down and saying, I'm now about to speak to Shem. Now you understand why the halacha is so particularly that you don't do anything else when you're in the shul, when we're davening. Because now, on the one level, just a shul in general is like the base of this. You got to watch out your behavior. All the more so when you're in the shul and you're davening and it's the Amida. And we're mamish in front of the king. So in front of the king, you start schmoozing. have that sense but but so oh so now you're gonna make my life miserable no to know you're in front of the king say what you want he can do anything for you there's no such thing he can't do anything for you wow i'm so lucky right you're trying to get an appointment with a rich man that could help you out it's very hard to get the appointment and then you get a chance the appointment wow you're excited guess what so just because it you know what people think that if we create barriers for you to get to somebody, he must be an important person. Now, supposedly the president, prime minister is an important person. You know why? Because you can't get to him. You try to get to him, they'll throw you in jail. Oh, if I send him support, must be I can't get to him. No, no, no. He's more important than the president. And you can get to him anytime you want, three times a day in the synagogue. And that's Tfilo. Tfilo is, I, I'm connected, I'm mamish in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I sense that and I sense the great privilege that I have and I'm, I'm joyful that this is happening. It's not just sending a message to God. It's mamish talking that that is tefillah, that is connection. Yeah? No, in SCP class we studied when we're doing where you can pray. You said you can speak, uh, speak and you can speak. We learned that in SCP class. Uh, whether the smell is coming, whether you can pray or you cannot pray. If you don't have a choice. You know, if you don't do that, but I'm just saying. Uh, if you have to, if you have to, let's say it, 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 you, got to, you got so much stuff and you can't speak. Okay, so you, I'm really sorry, God, I got to spit, but I'll, I'll cover it up. I'm not trying to make a mess. Okay, excellent. One second, let me just. 